Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and with me today is Simone Similuka-Razins. Simone is a CPA with a vision to see the world where financial freedom is attainable for every individual that can dream, train, hustle, and repeat. Simone has more than a decade of experience helping Fortune 500 companies and startups improve operations, raise capital, and build better strategies to drive profit and empower employees. From corporate to cannabis, Simone made the jump to entrepreneurship in 2015, working with governments, community organizations, and startups to help build the nascent cannabis industry. Today, Simone trains entrepreneurs on how to confidently find their place as CEO and have the tools to build profitable businesses. Welcome to the Sage Lot Leadership Podcast, Simone. Thank you, Ed. I'm so happy to be here. Well, first off, why do you do what you do? Oh, it's it's a question I ask myself every day. And in the end, it all boils down to, I feel like there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. And I want to be a game changer. And I think like if I boiled it down into, you know, showing up, doing my business, working with clients, trying to teach people how to be digital CEOs and build profitable businesses, it's because there's an inequitable, you know, ecosystem in entrepreneurship where a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of small businesses aren't making the money that they should be able to make with just because they don't have the systems or they don't have the knowledge or the expertise. And just with a a few little shifts, like you can help a ton of businesses, a ton of individuals actually reach financial independence. And so for me, when I look at the statistics on women entrepreneurs and, you know, minority owned business entrepreneurs, you know, like 88% of women entrepreneurs don't, don't even make 100,000 in revenue a year. And so when you boil it down and you actually look at profit, that's like, that's not that good of a indicator. And so when I think about the work, it's just like, there's a lot to do and a lot of people to help. And that's what gets me excited. I just, I love getting connected to people and I love being able to show how an idea that's quite simple. If you're like business train can really impact somebody's life and somebody's business in just a minor tweak. And so being able to see that change happen with, with students and with clients, it's impressive. And it makes me show up and do what I do. Well, talk a little bit about the challenges you face when working in the cannabis industry. It's got to be interesting. It is one of the most dynamic and interesting industries that there are in, in, you know, in the United States, it's still federally illegal, which is wild because there's more than 33 states that have medical programs and more than 19 states that have adult use programs and hemp or CBD was legalized on a federal level in 2018. So when you think about it, you know, even 93% of Americans support cannabis legalization in some way. So when you think about it, you're like, oh, this is an industry that, you know, seems Seems like it's growing, but at a federal level, it is still on a controlled substance list, meaning any business that operates in this space has this crazy tax code where they have to pay, you know, three to four times more than any normal business. So they don't have the deductions that you and I would have in our business. They have lack of banking, right? So you can't, it's all receipts, kind of all cash game. And so when you think about even trying to be successful as a small business, it's quite difficult. And 
you know, you, there, you can't go get a loan from the SBA. You can't even, you know, it's harder to find capital. So all of these uphill battles that entrepreneurs have in general, it's just like, it is like triple quadruple for cannabis businesses. It's, it's wild. Like, and it's something that you would think, you know, we're in 2020, we're in 2022, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but it seems like, you know, from a federal standpoint, it's not really going to change for the next several years. And what do the businesses do about that? I mean, they must have to do things that other businesses don't, for example, you know, hire security to handle all the cash. Yes, right? So they have to they have to spend so much more on security, on compliance, because it's a regulated industry. There's more regulation for a cannabis business than you would ever imagine, more than a vitamin store, more than a liquor store. And so they have to spend all of this money on these certain components. Yet at that same point, those are not deductible expenses. So what happens is that, well, first, I think the biggest myth is that in the cannabis industry, nobody's really making a ton of money. People are just trying to survive and wait till federal legalization. So that's, I think, the first thing. So what they do, they have to be very creative with how they manage profit, how they manage cash flow, and make very smart business decisions. Because also, from an advertising and a marketing perspective, they can't run Google ads. They can't run, run Facebook or Instagram ads if they were going the B2C route. If they're going to B2B, that's a little bit different. So they've got all of these different hurdles that they have to be so resilient. And when we talk about passion and we talk about people that really want to make a change in the world, that is the ecosystem of the cannabis industry. Well, Tell me which of you seem to practice in multiple states. Is that correct? Yes. For yeah. this? So which, which of the states do you think have, have done legalization or even decriminalization the best in terms of their ability to allow the business to, to best compete? I would say that one of the first states that legalized for adult use, Colorado, has done it the best. Now, if you talk to somebody from Colorado, I imagine they would say, no, 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 we haven't. But I'll take two point two states that I know didn't do it well. California. California imposed this crazy tax on multiple uh, of the license types. So multiple people or multiple businesses along the supply chain. And in the end, and so that was 2018. And in 2022, the governor reversed this tax because the, the tax basically put out a huge portion of the industry. They had to go out of business because they couldn't pay their bills. They couldn't even pay their taxes. And New York is just about to really see kind of commercialization happen, but they actually have done the tax code in the wrong way as well. So it's very interesting. I've been working actually really hard on trying to educate more operators, not even operators, really policymakers in New York about this, because if you have the foresight, what's cool is that we now have, you know, really since 2014, this roadmap of Colorado, one of the first states to see what went well, what didn't. But interesting enough, states don't like to talk to each other and, you know, might feel like they've done it their own, their best way. But I would say Colorado by far has done it the best that I've seen. But I think that all of them can do a little bit better. And of course, they all think that they're going to have a, this windfall of taxation that come in to fund these great educational programs that they're yes. going to put it to. Yes. And I think that is the biggest, which they will, right? If we think about cannabis as a long game, of course we will. But if you want to support small business and minority owned businesses, which is very cool because, you know, New York has a program for social equity to allow those that have been, you know, disenfranchised by the drug war to actually apply for a license, get like state funding. So there's like amazing things that have happened. But if you're putting all this effort to help small businesses, but then putting on this crazy tax, in addition to that federal tax, 
it just doesn't make sense. And so it's really, you know, having conversations with the right people quickly and trying to show them that's actually my mission for the next, I think, until I can talk to the right person uh, in New York to make that change. And you you said you serve other businesses as well. And I'd be, be curious as to what do you think the most important lesson you've learned from working with the cannabis industry is that you've been able to extrapolate out to business in general? I think the biggest lesson in cannabis that I've learned is to just button up everything, to not just do a handshake, to just do your due diligence on a potential business partner, who you're working with, get things in writing, get contracts. Like that was my first experience jumping from corporate finance where I trusted a lot, even though I did fraud investigations. It's it's very funny, but I got myself, I learned a ton from, you know, giving advice to businesses, but even starting my own business and kind of just trusting things when you really need, I mean, this is business. You need to have a contract in place. You just need to do things quote unquote, buy the book, some of the finance and the admin stuff. And that I can absolutely extrapolate to other businesses that I've worked with because, you know, especially if it's that jump from like, oh, I'm going to be a freelancer or I'm just, you know, starting a small business, which is amazing. A small business can do so, so well and so powerful. You need to have those, I call them your profit ducks in a row, which is the finance, the admin, but then even your systems in place so you can have good organization. So you can, you know, actually look Look at the trends that are happening with sales and marketing. I'm working right now with a business that's trying to sell. And we are, you know, had to hire somebody to just get stuff really cleaned up and dialed in. And so if you just focus on that at the very beginning, you start making that a habit when you've started your business, then it's like, you know, atomic habits. It's just, it's just part of the process. And Simone, we have an exit question that we ask all of our guests, and that is, who is a hero of yours and why are they a hero? And this is like, I was thinking about this so much today and I realized that I have a lot of heroes and I have heroes for different parts of my life. Like with my, I thought about like, oh, well, your parents are generally heroes. And I thought, okay, well, my mom definitely has taught me how to have compassion and empathy. And my dad has taught me, you know, how to be that detailed accountant and really look things, you know, forward and through. But I take so much of my inspiration from people that I listen to their podcasts, from clients that I've worked with, from people are just like standing up for what they believe in and doing it in an authentic and like genuine and respectful way. And so it's like, it's funny because I don't have one hero. Rumi, a 13th century poet, is actually one of the one of the people that I look to the most when I think about quotes on how do I just, you know, deal with the stresses of everyday life. And then I think about, you know, just some of my favorite podcasts and the the you know, guests on guests on podcasts where you just get this like one piece of wisdom that you get to take with you through the rest of your life. And yeah, I think that to me it's everybody is a hero and everybody has something to share. And so it's very funny, like thinking about that, I was like, I don't just have one. I think I have many and unnamed heroes as well. And lastly, Simone, how can somebody contact you? You can find me at Cannabis Business Minds. So pretty easy, just like it's spelled. So Cannabis Business Minds and shoot me an email and 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 we'll be connected there. And that's on right. everything, you know, so on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and then also on my website. All right. And we have an offer that will be in the show notes for some of your courses. So Simone Similuka Razens, thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Thank you, Ed. Review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for Sage Thought Leadership Podcast.